suppose I would go amiss if I didn't first wish all of our mothers a happy Mothering Sunday. Certainly, you all be in our prayers during this most wonderful of masses. Ipse enim shievat quid esse facturus. He himself knew what he was about to do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're in the middle, and in more ways than one. Schuster reminds us that today had once been called Dominica Mediana. And then when I heard, when I read that, what, that reminded me right away, Mediana, that word, of, of a text we sang not so very long ago, Media Vita Morti, In Morte Sumus, the responsory we sang during Septuagesima Tide. In the midst of life, we are in death. So there's two middles that we're in, the middle of Lent, and maybe more existentially, we're in the midst, in the middle of our difficult road to God. In the midst of life, we are in death. However, we have a sacrament specifically designed for this being in the middle of things, and that sacrament, of course, I suppose it's all the sacraments, each in its own way, but especially the Most Holy Eucharist, is that sacrament for this middle in which we find ourselves. And don't take my word for it, in, in the words of today's post-communion, this, this sacrament, this mystery, is one, quote, with which we are incessantly filled. The Santa, the holy things with, with which we are unceasingly filled, we'll say, we will sing at the end of Mass. But if that's true, if we are incessantly filled with the Most Holy Eucharist, doesn't that introduce a set of questions? At least it did for me. That is, if we are unceasingly filled with the sacrament of Christ's love, why is it that our spiritual life can seem so mediocre at times? Or, or why do we seem, so we think, to make such little progress. If we are constantly filled with this most wonderful sacrament, why is this? Or, or another question, if we are receiving this sacrament all the time, are we in danger of experiencing the sacrament all too familiarly? Those are some questions that come to mind when we think about this being always filled with the Eucharist as we, as we are. Well, I'm not going to answer any of those questions, actually, at least not directly. But we ought to take note of a brief clause in today's Gospel that at least speaks to the questions. It may not answer them, but it addresses them in general. When our Lord asked St. Philip about the crowds, St. John immediately tells us that he himself knew what he would do. Our Lord was testing Philip, and I suppose everyone else, knowing full well what he was going to do. He knew it. Ipse enim shievat. He himself knew. Monsignor Knox points out in one of his homilies for Corpus Christi that you and I, each of us, have what he called a Eucharistic history. An interesting phrase. That is, we have a First Communion, and we have a last communion, 
And we have all kinds of communions in between. I'm thinking especially of the communion that a priest receives at his first Mass. That certainly is a communion in someone's Eucharistic history. Or a married couple when they receive communion at their nuptial Mass. Or the monk who receives his communion at his profession. Or when we receive the Most Holy Eucharist during a certain painful trial of our life. Or after we receive communion, or after particularly profound confession. All of these are parts of our Eucharistic history, you might say. But in truth, if Monsignor Knox is right, and I think he is too, not a single one of our communions is excluded from our Eucharistic history. Not just the profound communions are part of this history, as if some of them are extra, as if there are some communions that are more important than others. No. At each communion that we receive worthily, Christ knows what he is about to do. Christ knows what he is doing in that communion. So if today is a day to rejoice, it is because Christ is the Lord of our Eucharistic history. If we are, as the prayer says, incessantly filled with the holy things, the holy thing, which isn't a thing at all, if we are constantly filled with the most blessed Eucharist, it is so that Christ can multiply the loaves of our poverty every single day to work something in our spiritual life even without our knowing it. After all, if the very hairs on our head are counted, aren't our communions perfectly known to God as well? Every last one of them? Surely. And would it not be true, then, that he apportions each communion unto some definite purpose? <clears throat> Absolutely. He knows what he will do in us at every single Holy Communion. Well, what then are we to do? Well, Schuster again tells us that the best, this is very interesting, the best preparation for the communion that we hope to make tomorrow is to receive communion devoutly today. Very interesting. Because it shows us that all of our communions are like a they're like a string of pearls. They're like this, this, they're all tied together in the little providence that is our life. Every single communion of ours, not just the one, not just our first one, not just our last one, not the one we hope to receive today, but the one we hope to receive tomorrow, they're all strung together in a great continuity because Christ himself knows what he will do. As for Monsignor Knox, the advice he gives is that we should have our first and last communions in mind when we approach our present communion. Remember, in the midst of life, we are in death. First communion, last communion. 
Monsignor Knox counsels us to receive our Lord, quote, as children in our simplicity and as dying men in our utter abandonment to him. Today's communion ought to have something in it of our first communion and of our last communion. <coughs> in the midst of life, we are in death. If we do that, if we keep that perspective, then I think we will receive communion fruitfully all the time. And we will most fully be filled with the holy things that we incessantly receive. In the midst of life we are in death, but rejoice. For Christ our God, he himself knows what he will do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.